this week's episode of the Habs Forum. Finally back after a couple weeks off, we are recovering from our disappointment from the Habs being kicked out of the playoff race. Uh, so the first round just ended, so we'll actually cover a little bit of that. Talk about what could have been with the Canadians if they just squeaked in. Uh, cover a little bit of the end of the season with uh, that crazy last game with Ryan Paling. After that, we're doing Habs uh, awards. So we got the MVP, the best defenseman, most improved, most disappointing, biggest surprise. That's right. The so, first annual Habs Forum. First award. annual. I love it. There <laughs> you go. I mean, if we're being honest, as a Habs player, what else would be more important to you than to win an award on the Habs Forum podcast? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Exactly. So this is a big, crucial event that's happening uh, later on in the episode. And we're going to end off with, uh, now that we know where the Habs are going to be picking, which is 15th overall, pretty much the worst case scenario, uh, we're going to uh, talk about, there's some mock drafts been coming out, talking about who the Habs might pick, and we're going to cover, uh, talk about Cole Caulfield specifically. That's right. Was this was this a, a poll? Yeah, yeah, it was a poll. So uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, they decided on Cole Caulfield. Shows you guys how much I pay attention to the Twitter. <laughs> but don't you should pay attention to the Twitter at the Habs Forum if you want to know when the next episode is and you want to vote on these things. And aside from that, there's been a couple signings and uh, things of that nature. So let's get into the end of the season. So we our last episode was like a couple weeks before the end of the season almost. And then the Habs didn't make it. Like, I was anticipating, okay, let, this is what we're going to record for the first round, but just couldn't win the big games at the end. Yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, you know, they... It like, was basically there. came down... Yeah, I mean, they had the chance, obviously. I mean, the two biggest losses really were definitely the losses to the Hurricanes. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, the Hurricanes and the, and the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Aside from that, they pretty much won every other game. Well, exactly. I mean, they still the thing the the, the loss against Washington, which yeah. is what sealed their fate. But like they they made it really hard on themselves. But then they won a great game against Tampa Bay. That was one of the most like yeah. maybe the most exciting game of the year was that four two win against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Well, but, even even then they were still they had to win out had to hope. Yeah. Well, even even if they won out, they had to they had it's to true. hope that the Blue it's Jackets true. were gonna uh, miss out on a point. So. I mean, it was really the losses against the, for me the the loss against the Hurricanes when they were up uh, one nothing. I think one nothing. Yeah, yeah late in the game. Left. Yeah, that that was that was a. And then right there. the 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 performance the six two loss against Columbus. I mean, that's the game that I go back to and I think to myself, the right teams made it as much as I want the Habs made the playoffs. Yeah. You can't give that type of the performance there. No, no, but for sure. the thing that hurts now, because we've had a crazy first round of the NHL playoffs. I mean, the Habs might not be in it. In a, way, in a weird way, because we were talking about this yesterday, I, I can enjoy the playoffs more because the Habs aren't playing. I'm so stressed out when the Habs are in the playoffs. <laughs> but I can just watch it and enjoy it, especially now that the Leafs are out, so we can keep chanting 67 when they come to the Bell Center. <laughs> <laughs> but that... Uh, Columbus and Carolina. Carolina won Game Seven yesterday in overtime, and then Columbus sweeps Tampa Bay. Yeah, it just yeah, I mean, like yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I mean, you think I mean if they if they beat if they had beaten Carolina, no. potentially we're the ones playing the Blue, uh, not the Blue Jackets, uh, the, the Capitals, the Capitals. And then I mean, if you be, if I mean now the Hurricanes beat the Capitals, and now they're playing the Islanders yeah. in the second round. I mean, I know, mean the, the, the Islanders. <laughs> I think we 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 keep thinking. 
they're not that great because they just yeah, they've overplayed true. so much. But like they've proven themselves at, at this point. Yeah. And I mean, they're one of the teams I'm rooting for. And we've talked about this. How amazing! It's already amazing <laughs> that the Islanders have made it around further than John Tavares yep. and the Leafs. That is already fantastic. Yep, definitely. Now, the Islanders, because now the basically Boston is the only team left that was like a big favorite going into the. Yeah, I had the, Boston winning the Cup before the playoffs started. And but like you mentioned, that that is literally the only round. You predicted correctly. That is the only, yeah. the only game, that's, that's the, only the only series, series in the I first predicted. round. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I think that's the, like, the case for a lot of people. I, I mm. saw, oh, what's his name? The, yeah, the, Renaud Lavoie. Yeah, Renaud Lavoie, his article in like, Journal de Montréal, he literally <laughs> predicted incorrectly every single every round. Every single one. <laughs> every, every single series, I should say. I keep saying round, but it just shows how crazy it's been. But it reminds you that like even if you just squeak in, in the NHL, you it's so wide open. You, you really never know. And I thought this was the year that Tampa Bay was another... I thought they were another level. Like, every year this yeah. happens, but I was like, not Tampa Bay. They're too good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they had one of the mo- best seasons in NHL history, basically. I mean, yeah. they had an amazing season. They have an amazing team. They have top three, definitely, goalie in the NHL, in my opinion, anyway. I think in most people's opinion. have may- the, Maybe the best defenseman in the NHL. I would say the best defenseman in the NHL, and Victor Hedman. Yeah. I mean, their forwards, they have the best forwards group in the NHL. Kucherov got a, I mean, he got shut down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what, a lot of their players, I mean, none and of their he players turned into have, a cheap shot guy. Like, you yeah. can tell that he's not used to, because uh, he, he got, even late in the season, he, he'd get, like, you, you, you'd watch games and he'd get frustrated if he gets, like, against the Canadians. We kept him off the score sheet in our game against us. It was just a regular season game and he's still getting frustrated. So you can see you can definitely get into the head, but it's like I think there's something to be said that like like a team like that they basically weren't playing for anything. Yeah. For like the like what the last two months of the season, yeah. and it seems like a cliche that we always hear, but it's proven right time and time again. Yeah, because I mean you just you you know I think you you sort of get into bad habits over you know I mean if if you're not playing for anything really over the last like two yeah. months of the season you get into these bad habits and you're not. And you're not really caring. Columbus, complete opposite. They they exactly. were they've been essentially playing game sevens in the playoffs for two weeks, and then and then we we, we move we move into the playoffs and Tampa Bay, they're not ready. They're probably thinking to themselves that as much as you don't want to think that they're probably thinking to themselves that they have it in the bag that they they don't have to. They're probably thinking ahead. Okay, if we beat Columbus, then who are we facing in the second round? They're thinking about facing Boston or Toronto. Yeah, exactly. But hey, too bad. So sad. And I, I, I was actually I usually root for the underdog, but I kind of wanted Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I, I like Tampa Bay the way they're built. They're fun to watch. But Especially now to get, to get swept too, like that's it's crazy. <laughs> like, Even when not, it was three nothing, I, I was like, nah, Tampa Bay can still come." Oh no, I said the same thing. Right. But I mean, yeah, it's not like you know Carolina beat Washington you know, game seven yeah. overtime. Like you got swept and you got outplayed in the four games. And, and I can see Columbus. Having a very hard time against Boston, yeah. Like because okay. now the roles are reversed. <clears throat> Boston just had a crazy back and forth series that they won one in Game Seven, while Columbus has been done for what seems like forever. Yeah, like they've been off for like a week. But I mean, the yeah. Bruins. I mean, they had one day off after yeah. you know a pretty pretty intense series. So I mean, we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, that that, that the thing that worries me now. Because, look, we both wanted the, the Leafs to lose more than Boston. Here's my thing. I consider Boston to be more of a rival to the Canadians than the than the Leafs. But my logic is Boston won recently. So it doesn't matter that much if they win again. 
Toronto hasn't won since 67, as we all know. Yeah. And I want it to stay that way. I don't want them... Because as soon as the Leafs win a cup, every single Leafs versus Canadians game, we're going to be hearing 93 chance. Like, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. That's what's going to happen. For sure. So it's important for them. But now that the Leafs are out, I need Boston to get out. But the problem is, they have a clear shot to the cup right now. They are by far, I think, the strongest team left. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, St. Louis in the West... I mean, St. I Louis finished on fire, but like, they, and like, who knows with a hot young goalie, eventually they all fall down, back down to earth, you know? So we'll see how it goes for St. Louis, but like, at the end of the day, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's basically anyone's cup to win now at this point. I mean, in the West, it's anyone's game, but like, Boston to me are their clear fight favorites. They're easily the best, the, the most well built team left. In, yeah, in yeah, you would think so. But they, didn't, they really didn't play that great against no, Toronto. That's true. That's true. And, and and if anything, what, what I'm saying should be irrelevant, considering we just saw every division leader lose. Yeah, yeah, you know that's exactly. the first time that happens? That yeah. In any, yeah. not just in the NHL, in any oh, professional really? like league. I don't know, this is like some post I saw online. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't research it, I didn't confirm the information, but the post I saw online said... Well, that's crazy. That though, it was the, it, like yeah. it, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, you've never had all the division winners lose in the first round. It's insane. Yeah, no, for sure. It's 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 pretty crazy to to think. Yeah, and then we had the crazy San Jose Golden Knights uh, <laughs> uh, last game, probably the craziest yeah. game of the playoffs so so far. Game seven. Yeah, that that, that was something. I mean, the NHL basically admitted that they fucked yeah. it up. Well, I mean, they did. I mean, it was obviously they did. But I I talked about this before uh, in our in our group chat, and I think this is good because I think it's important for Vegas fans to know what it's like to get your heart broken and to get fucked by the refs. It's a rite of passage as an NHL franchise, and they went straight to the conference final in the first season. Yeah. Fuck that, man. They deserve to have shit like this happen to them, and now they know what it's like. Perfect. Yeah, that's what a lot of people have been saying on Twitter. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I said it first. Know, uh, no. Not really. <laughs> Everybody's been saying that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's true. But, I mean, that that's a hell of a way to lose, though. I mean, if that happened to the Canadians, I'd be... You you would you would break your hand. I would be pissed I off. I think you would break your hand. I probably would. I'd Dustin gets pretty something. emotional when the Canadians lose I in do. the playoffs. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, and I get, as a fan, I would be pissed too, but you can't allow four power play goals in the, no, in no, the same five minutes. No, I mean, I mean, I mean they, they have... Yeah, it, it was a terrible call. Never should have happened. But at the end of the day, I mean, they do have them, themselves to blame yeah. too. I mean, they were up 3-1 in the series. Yeah. They were up 3 nothing in the game. They made it to overtime. Yeah, that that was almost the craziest part. Mm-hmm. After allowing those four goals in the third period, yeah, to turn it around, still turn it around and, and, and get it to, to overtime. But it made for an epic epic game. I mean, it's it's the craziest, like one of the most exciting non Canadians game because you always are more, yeah. more invested, obviously. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, it was it was crazy. But it's just like we said. I mean, this is a Habs podcast and. The hardest part about this is it just reminds you that if they could have sneaked in, fucking anything could happen. And then if, if the Canadians were in uh, either Carolina or Columbus's place right now, I'd be like such a believer. I'd be like, all right, we we can do this. We got, we have oh, a chance yeah, to make sure. it all the way. And none of the Western teams seem unbeatable either. It's it's fucking it's wide open. No, I know. I mean, yeah, Columbus and, and the Hurricanes. I mean, they have you know, basically as good a chance to win the cup as anyone else. Yeah, at this yeah, point. exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Columbus is they do they made those big acquisitions. And it's now they're finally clicking. And uh, I mean, Duchesne had a great first round. I, I, you know who who also had a great first round? 
Uh, Eric Carlson. You know who else yeah. had a great first time round? Mark Stone. Mark Stone. <laughs> <laughs> if only all those guys were on the same team. I know. That would be a clear cup contender. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Senators. Uh, all right. So, I mean, enough of the, 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 the playoff talk for now. But, I mean, I'm excited for these playoffs still because with uh, the second round, like we said, it's wide open. As long as Boston gets kicked out, I'm going to be stoked till the end. If Boston ends up winning, it's just a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we haven't touched on it yet, but the last game of the season, I mean, we barely cared about this game. And then you get yeah. the news last second, Ryan Palin's going to play. So, oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. We went to a bar where there was like the sound wasn't even on. We were half watching, and we we're like, all right, well, uh, it's cool to see Palin. And then he kept fucking scoring. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he's not he's not really even a goal scorer. Though, <laughs> I would almost argue, as exciting as it was, that this is a horrible thing that happened. Because I don't know about you, but I've already had, like, you know how it is. You go to family gatherings, and, like, I don't know about you. Like, I'm sure in your family, you're the the guy who knows about hockey, and your mm-hmm. uncles are always asking you questions. And, like, my uncles are like, oh, why about this Ryan Palin guy? Is he the next big thing? <laughs> it's like, no, he's not. God, it's just one game that meant nothing for the Leafs, yeah. and everything was going right for him. And, look, it's a good, it's still not a bad sign. I mean, he might be a, he, he seems like he's going to be a legit NHL player. But uh, he's not a four goals a game guy, like three goals no, in a shootout. No, goal for sure. Game. I mean, he's never going to be like a fifty goal scorer. No. You know, he's going to be a good two two way center kind of guy. He's going to be a very good player. He has you know a long. I'm sure he has a long career ahead of him. But uh, yeah, might have set the bar pretty high. There. Yeah, that's the thing. And like, what are going to be the expectations? They're they're already there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't even make the halves next year. No, that's the thing. There's yeah. no, like, I mean, he, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play at all. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he doesn't start in. In uh, in Laval, and then like it's a few games there, but now yeah. it's like well, especially I mean they you know they just re-signed Thompson today. They're apparently in in negotiations to bring back Jordan Wheel too. So yeah, yeah. So there there's already a almost a log jam. I mean there's the the hope is that Pekka and Delarie are done because they suck, uh, but they're both under contract and. Uh, I mean, they could just bury them, I guess. Yeah, well, I th- yeah, I think you'll see a lot of these guys go to. I mean, the same thing with Dale Weiss as well. Yeah, you probably see them all um, in Laval next year. If yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think any teams are going to be lining up to to take any. Maybe Delorier because of the. I, I can brings. see Pekka too. Like, I, I like, I think, I think teams will think because he's just had one bad year in Montreal. He seemed to have potential before, so I can see another team taking a flyer on him. Um, but I could, Pekka, if, if he ends up in, in Laval, I could see him being an amazing player oh, yeah, in definitely. the AHL. Definitely. Yeah, it was, seems like one of those guys is just one step too slow for the NHL, yeah. but would be like really good in the AHL and will keep just bouncing back and forth. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if, I mean, if, if Weiss and Pekka end up in, uh, in Laval, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty good. They're yeah. going to look pretty good. Yeah. No, definitely. Plus the young guys uh, coming in. Uh, they, they might like we said this at the beginning of this year. We thought they'd be better this year in Laval, but I hope it's true next year because we've talked about this before. You went to win ten games. You saw them one win one win yeah, once. Win once. So hopefully, uh, maybe hopefully maybe maybe a, that's your fault. Maybe I don't maybe. know. I don't yeah, know. Hopefully, I have a better win percentage next year. But but yeah, they they're they're definitely on the uh, should be at least on the upswing. I mean, all the young guys coming in. I mean, Got Nick Suzuki. Too, yeah, Paling and Suzuki. I mean, we'll. I don't think they're going to start with the Canadians, but we'll see. Obviously, I mean, you have Brooke, you have Fleury, you have Primo. Yeah. You know, on top of the guys that they already have, they're but like... Primo's going to probably end up being the starter pretty quickly there. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's still 19 years old. That's what a lot of people forget. Yeah, he's but He's going to be like, 20, I think, when the season starts, but... 
But it's not like McNiven and Lindgren is. But Lindgren's probably going to be a yeah. backup. Well, McNiven, when he gets the chance to play regularly, he has shown that he can that he can handle a starting job. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, they're probably going to end up splitting starts. I feel like that seems to be generally in the AHL how things go. Yeah, like, well, not it's... a lot of teams like run one goalie like nonstop the whole season. Well, no, but I mean, well, the reason for that too is in the AHL, a lot of the time they'll play like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's true. That's true. So I mean, yeah. you know, the, the goalie can't play three days in a row. No, no, <laughs> definitely he's, not. He's a professional athlete, but, though. Uh, yeah, but it takes. You know, you've never played goalie before. Ah, uh, it's not true. I played goalie once, and it was terrifying. I hated it. <laughs> it was horrible, and I never want to do it again. <laughs> All right, so then let's uh, let's move on to our Habs awards. So should we should we should we start with the big one, the Habs MVP for this year? One. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So, yeah, makes so who sense. are you taking? I, I had a few names jotted down. I think that the, the first one that comes to mind, and I think it might be the same one for you, would be Max Domi. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a good pick. I mean, uh, by far the points leader. You know, seventy-two yeah. versus fifty-eight, and just was always consistently. He was the most consistent offensive threat. Throughout the season, but then you can never forget a team like the Canadians. They're never what they are without Carey Price, who had one terrible month and the rest of the season he was Vezina caliber. Yeah, Carey Price, I think would be my pick. I mean, Flurry, not Flurry, but Domi, definitely like a, a close second, I would say. But yeah, I think Carey Price. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, he had a couple of bad games. It, um, it was legitimately like a month. There's, like, I think it was November. If you look at the stats just for November, it was basically the team started hot even without Weber. Mm-hmm. And then it started to like catch up to them, and then Weber came back and it was fine. It's yeah. just the de- the defense was like a black hole in November. Basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I think he had a couple of really bad games himself. Yeah, and definitely. Then, like the rest of the month, like it wasn't it was, just a defense. He yeah, but like the like the rest of the month, I I thought it got a little blown out of proportion when the defense was just letting him hang hang out to dry yeah. basically. But yeah, aside from that, I mean, the, the only reason they were in the playoff race it, till the end was because of Carey Price, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I mean, like Carey Price is the top paid player on the team. He's the MVP of the team, leader of the team. Anytime the Canadians, like any any team who's in a playoff hunt or whatever, that player, that player, that's it should be a big piece. Yeah, so no, it makes sense. Sure. He's obviously a big part. And but I think with Max Domi, you have it's just. I mean, Carey Price is probably the more logical thing. But like, it's like that first line center the Canadians have never had. And like, Carey Price was there the year before, and the yeah. Canadians were third last in the league. The, the big difference this year is you had a dynamic forward in the middle of the first line who had different wingers throughout the year. I mean, it, the, the only line that really stayed together the the, the whole year was uh, Tatal, Danu, and Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Domi had, had different line mates throughout the year, but he, he, when he was always, I mean, he had stretches where maybe it was less so, but he always was the, the dominant force on offense uh, for, for the team, and that was a difference maker between one of the worst teams in the league the year before and... A team fighting for a playoff spot this year. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's a lot, it's a lot more than just Domi. I mean, obviously Tatar. There was guys just a year older. Kotkaniemi was there as well. But what, what were we saying at the end of last year was the problem with the Canadians? Well, first line center is always. Well, been, there you go. Who, 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 the who was the first line center for the Canadians? Domi. It was so, Max Domi. It wasn't just Domi. All I mean, of it, Domi was very obviously good. I mean, wasn't obviously, wasn't just Domi, but that. Because you add that first line center that you've needed for years, and all of a sudden everyone else falls into place. Like Philip Dano probably had one. Uh, it was probably his career year for Philip Dano, but I'm sure a big part of that is because of Domi's resurgence. 
Yeah. Danu was able to play a role that's more suited for his skill set. Well, I mean, last year, Dugu Wayne was in the, in the one center, the first, first line center role, right? Yeah, but he was trash. Was so for, so Danu would play in those spots often. He put up quite a few points last year. I think he had like 60-something, 60 low 60s. No, there's no way. Last year? I'm pretty sure. There's no way. This no, year he, he had, had 46 like, points. Last season? Yes, he had 53 really? this year. He had a better year this year. Oh, shit. Okay. You're surprised he had a better year this year? Were yeah, you watching? I thought he had like 60 points last year. No. I mean, oh, look, me. I, I'm not like a huge Duguay hater. The hate on him is getting a little too... I just think he is what he is. But he wasn't a good center at the end of no, the day. No, no, no. No, definitely not. You know? I, mean, he, I mean, he did show flashes offensively. Defensively, he was he was very bad. Yeah. Obviously. And he's terrible at the face-off circle and all that. Yeah. And Domi never stood out to me for face-offs, but, but neither good nor bad. So he was just like fine. Yeah. I mean, I think eventually, like, if, if the Habs were to land a guy like Duchesne, or even eventually when Paling does become an NHL regular, potentially Domi will move back to the wing. Oh, yeah, well, think about it. Then you have uh, Kutkaniemi, yeah. Paling, and uh, Dano, even without uh, adding an, another yeah. player. Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. But it's, it's great to have a guy that can move around there. Um, I mean, but to go back to the MVP, I, I get your logic for for Price. The only the third place that he wouldn't be my my pick, but the th- in third place, I would still like to mention Shea Weber, because the team was falling off a cliff, and then yeah, he came really back were. and yeah. it made all the difference. Like yeah, I, he missed a lot of the season, and he definitely slowed down towards the end of the year. So he definitely wouldn't be my MVP, but I think he'd be my third place vote just because of the obvious change it made to the team when he came back. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he'd be my third guy. Um, I don't really know who who my third guy would. I think maybe Dano. There, there's a lot of conversation for Dano. I I could see Dano also for sure, mm. for sure. I mean, it it would probably be like that Dano and uh, and like you can even talk about like Peach Peach had a career year for him, uh, and he really stepped up when uh, when Weber was out. And there's a lot of guys. I mean, Gallagher had, like, back to, like, we didn't think he was going to do 30 goals again. I mean, Gallagher's always a a key player. Like, I think think Domi and Price are a step above everyone else. Yeah. And then we had a few guys that were, like, a big part of it, too. Well, I mean, so many guys had career years and so, I mean. Or bounce back years to Tar and and, uh, all that. So then let's talk about the uh, best defenseman. I mean, a lot to choose from. <laughs> I mean, the obvious choice is obviously Weber. But I, like, I disagree. I, I would go with Petrie. You would go with Petrie over yeah. Weber? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think, I mean, uh, the beginning of the season, I mean, he, he stepped up. He, he was amazing. He had a career year this year. Yeah. I mean, I think Weber... Uh, that when he came back, I think you know he was it was surprising that he that he could step in and take that that many minutes right off the bat, yeah. coming off the injury, being out for like a year. But I don't know, Petrie was just constant. I mean, you know, time to time he would have some brain farts there on on defense. That's but. the thing you you see more of those for for Petrie than you do for for Weber. Almost even so, I feel like his game changed a little bit when Weber came back in the sense that he felt like he could take more chances. Yeah. Which resulted in, in more errors, but also more offense for him. So, but, <laughs> I do think an argument can be made, especially considering Weber missed so much time. Yeah. But, like, he was, st- like, do you remember how bad the team was before Weber came back? It was looking- I mean, they started off really good. Yeah, they were they were in a bad, in, in sort of a bad streak there, right, <laughs> right before he came back. And, it literally and I- seemed like they couldn't play defense. <laughs> but I mean that's not Petrie's fault. I mean because you were relying too heavily on on guys like uh, like Riley who was awful. No, it was obviously not Petrie's fault, but I'm just saying it just shows how important Weber is. 
because it puts everyone back into into the spot where they should be. I mean, yeah, I, exactly. I think P, I think Petrie could be. I mean, maybe not on like a top team, but Petrie could be a top two D. He's ideally a top four, like he's like he's <coughs> playing right now. No, I think if, I mean, if, you have, if you have like a, a number one left defenseman next to him, yeah, and then Petrie's his right defenseman. Like, who's a top left defenseman in the league? Like, is Drew Doughty left D or is he right D? I don't know. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure the right D. I think, but yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. You know, like you put you you put him like he could definitely be a number two next to someone like that. He's 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 a number one on a terrible team, I think. Uh, But um, but yeah, no, I I I see I see what you mean, and a a fair point could be made. Now you're right, Doughty is a is a right D. But anyways, whoever a great left D is, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. But uh, but Weber to me just. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's one or the other. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Weber, I don't know, at the yeah. end of the year, oh, he, yeah, might, he, he must have been injured. I mean, I, he must have been. And at the end of the year, if anything, Mete was saving his ass. Yeah, he was. So here's a question then. Who would be the third best defenseman on the Canadians? Because this is a lot more wide open. Well, I think it's easily Mete. I mean, I think, I mean, uh, you know, you could, I mean, Kulak had a pretty good, de- pretty decent year. Oh, Mete still played 71 games this year. In and my he mind, he, he was sent down longer than that. He wasn't in Laval for that long. But it, but it seemed to have made such a big difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a completely different player when yeah. he came back. I mean, That's the thing. He he took such a big jump within the same year. Yeah. That, that was what was really, really impressed. Because it, it was kind of middle of the season that he got sent down. Hey, you're probably right. It's probably Mete pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other guy, like Ben, he got a lot of criticism. But I thought, especially... Down like the 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 final stretch of the season, he played pretty well. And he's another guy that he is what he is, and I think he just gets put in situations he shouldn't be put in by Claude Julien. Yeah. Like Claude Julien seems to think he that Jordy Ben is better than he is, but if yeah. he was used as a five six defenseman that he is, yeah, that, that yeah, plays I mean, on the second PK yeah, exactly. unit and all that, but like he's putting him out there like. Like at the end of the game when we're down by a goal, we're up by a goal, and like so, like it's just he's not being played in the and this is, it's not just Eugene's fault. I mean, it's it's a it also has to do with just the team that we have and the defense that is lacking an obvious big piece. But uh, yeah, you just add that big left D man. Like we've talked it's about gonna, this so yeah, much. It's gonna make yeah, it would make a big difference. I mean, the Canadians. Yeah, I mean, if if they can add the one that one piece, I think. It's the biggest difference maker. It's going to be maker. set for years. It's the biggest difference yeah. maker. All right, so let's move on to the next uh, one. So next one we have is most improved player. Well, I think, I mean, we just talked about it. I think Victor Mateus would would be my pick for sure. I mean, just even the way that he improved over the season. I yeah. mean, after he came back from Laval, I mean, the crazy improvement, really. I think it's worth talking about Philip Dano for most improved. Well, yeah, he was my second. Yeah. Uh, he was be, the other guy I was thinking of. Because Dano, the thing is, is Mete came from a lower. Because Dano was already a pretty good hockey yeah. player, right? Yeah, played for pretty sure. good NHL player. But then, but Dano brought his game to a completely new level, and now he's become like he's he's one of the great two way centers in the NHL. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I really, really believe that he doesn't have that top end offensive talents. But then he still had 53 points this year. He had as many points as, as Dwayne, which we I talk about him like he has such crazy offensive skill. Yep. And he, 53 points, and he was the best face-off guy for the Canadians. He was the best PK guy for the Canadians. He was just such a complete player for that. He's like a poor man's uh, Bergeron at this point. It's, yeah, I mean, he does fantastic. it all. He's, I mean, moving forward, like the next couple of seasons, he could 
potentially be, you know, in, in the conversation for the Selkie. Yeah, definitely. In the way that he's he's really progressed. And like, he's only 25. And the the yeah, players so that young. play that type of game, they tend to get better and better and better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was a steal. I mean, getting yeah. him from Chicago, that's what another crazy trade. It was him and 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 another and second a, round pick a, that turned into Romanov. Romanov, yeah. So that's, an, that's pretty for, good trade for Weiss and, uh, and Fleischman. And Fleischman, that's insane. It's pretty good trade. That, that's that's one of his best trades, I think. One of his best trades. But but I but I think maybe you're right with Mete being the number one yeah. most improved, just because. I mean, at one point he got sent back to the AHL. We didn't even know he was going to come back. Although, like when he got sent back, I remember thinking, like, really, like why are we sending him down? Yeah. I think we could use him on the team. But in hindsight, I, it, it clearly was the right move. Definitely worked out for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I mean, uh, yeah, Joel Bouchard did a good job with him for sure, and I mean, hopefully he can keep it keep it up next year and never <laughs> score a goal. He's never going to score. I hope he never scores. I, never yeah, at this scores. at this point, it's just funny. <laughs> was it against the Leafs that he shot it off the helmet? No. Or was it the uh, game before? Was it maybe it was Tampa it was Bay? Washington. But like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like <laughs> it's unbelievable. He he just. He was getting opportunities, you know. It's it's he not. Did. He has had some pretty pretty yeah. good opportunities. Like he mentioned that he was like his main focus was going to be working on his shot, you know, in the off season. But it, it doesn't matter though. I mean, he only had thirteen assists, and he's he's a small frame guy. So, he, but he's like he's blocking shots. He's he, he's a great example of how the NHL has changed because he doesn't even sniff the NHL like ten oh, years ago. No, no, for sure. Yeah, there's no way he'd be in the NHL a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, and he he's another like young one, right? Let's not forget he's only 20 years old. Yeah. And for defensemen, they tend to progress at uh, at a slower pace. So like outside of Kutkinyemi, he was the the youngest one on the team basically yeah. this year, and like paling that's really yeah. Count. Once he gets a little older, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully puts on a little bit little bit of weight and that grows into his body a bit. I mean, he's you know he's only going to improve over the next uh, few a, years. A sure. late growth spurt would be great for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, one of the... <laughs> probably not too likely, but I mean, uh, yeah, if you can put up, you know, put on a little bit more weight, a little yeah. bit more muscle, I mean, it's going to make a I big just difference. Just put a bit of power on that because this shot is noticeably weak. Oh yeah, it's for sure. it's rare that you see a shot like that is noticeably like. Slow. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have a shot. Like it needs to be stepped up to like like it doesn't need to have a booming shot, but it needs to be like a shot. Yeah, you know. So yeah, no, I think I think we agree with with Mete, but I did I didn't want to mention Dano. So let's go the opposite way with the most disappointing. Uh, for me, I'd say Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's a good pick. I mean. He started off the season pretty well. Yeah, he had a. Re- I think in the first game of the season, he had a really nice play where he like dragged the puck on yeah. the blue line, had a nice shot, and scored. Yeah, first couple right. of weeks, like I mean, people were saying, "Oh man, we finally got the guy to play with Weber." Yeah, and then, that's true. And then, and yeah. I think I like think the, we were saying that. Yeah, I mean, he he looks so he had he just has so much potential, but like the last like what month, maybe even two months, I don't think I don't think he played at all. No, I mean, yeah, he he's too much of a liability in his own zone, and I mean the offense. I mean he shows flashes, but I mean for the most part. I mean one one player I had who uh, I don't know if he's that disappointing because at this point I don't know if that many people still had that much expectations in him. But Charles Houdon did not take a step at all. Yeah, yeah, that's that's he, a, he played, a fair pick. He, he played thirty two games. Yeah, and he didn't it, do anything. Exactly. It's not like he... And I know he maybe was playing on the fourth line or whatever, but, like, do something. He yeah. did nothing. I'm surprised he had three goals looking at it, looking at his stats. 
Like he, he did, I think his time with the Canadians is is over. Yeah, it's definitely to, over at, that, at, the, at this point. I can't, I can't see any way that he gets brought back. I mean, uh, I think he will, he will end up somewhere else in the NHL. Yeah, well, I would think so too. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, with 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 a bad team like Ottawa or something, he'll get a chance. But yeah, I mean, it is. It, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, and, and any time that he did get a chance to get back in the lineup, yeah, he nothing. Was taking bad penalties. Yeah, or, exactly, exactly. No, there, there's nothing there really. I mean, the I think the other players uh, worth mentioning. One is, uh, well, this is this is not relevant to you because you hated him from the get go. But I think a lot more was expected of Matthew Pekka. Uh, Michael Chaput early in the year looked like he might be a good fourth line center, but clearly he wasn't. Yeah, I think Delorier too. You could maybe see he he played. He was really good last year. He was maybe one like one of the big surprises for the Canadians. But, like, are you that surprised? I think he just went back to where he's supposed to be. Maybe. But, like, if you look more at the top of the lineup, a guy that to me is is still a little disappointing because I think he's not going to get better is Dwayne. Just because he has all the skill in the world. And, like, I think people hate on him too much. At the end of the day, I mean, we pay him, like, what, $5 million a year? He produces for a $5 million guy. But, like, I, like, it's like those stats where he had, like, a span of, like, 13 games where he had eight points. But he had two four-point games. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And that, like, how many of his points that he's getting are actually relevant? Yeah, he well, disappears that's, that's for just, games at a time. He's so inconsistent. Yeah. You know? I mean, the effort a lot of the time is not there, and that that's the thing that, that is so frustrating. Yeah. So I mean, he obviously, I mean, like when he is on, he's on. He's scoring three or four points, yeah. but you don't see that often enough. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, you're hoping. I mean, he's still young. I think uh, twenty-three, yeah, or twenty-four. Yeah. But uh, you know, you're hoping. You know, maybe maybe next year is going to be the year that he that he puts it all together, and like I wouldn't even mind it for him to just be a sixty point guy, which he's almost that is at fifty three. But it's it's just, they're a bad fifty three points. You know, he's not like when is it like Gallagher had that crazy stat where he scored like he scored the most first goal of the game yeah. in the NHL since I think like the last two seasons, and like. And he scores those types of goals. Like Gallagher's a gamer. Max Domi scores has scored some big goals. I mean, Dano, you see him step up, like maybe more with an assist in big moments. Shaw, fuck Dwayne. Dwayne. Like, Do you remember a moment where we needed a big play no, and exactly. Dwayne stepped up? Yeah, he's he's he never puts up the points when they need them no, most. You know, he's no. gonna put up the points when when we're playing the Ottawa Senators. Exactly. He's gonna put up four points. Exactly. And to me, that's even more disappointing than than a guy like like Riley, for example, because. Riley was more of a surprise that turned into a disappointment. Dwayne, mm. just you see all that skill, and you're like, "Fucking do something, do something," <laughs> and it's just I don't know. It's yeah, well, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's frustrating, but he, he he's still not bad. It's just I don't yeah. know. I, I don't it, even it know is what to it feel. is at this point. Exactly, and, you know, exactly. Just constantly hoping each year that uh, maybe next year is going to be the year that he puts it together. I mean, he's still 23. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see what happens next year. So, last category, which is a little similar to most improved, uh, but uh, still a little different. I mean, I have different names anyways. Is the biggest surprise this year. The come out of nowhere player. Come out of nowhere. Or the player you thought was finished, and all of a sudden, boom, he's back. Well, I mean, as far as the biggest surprise, I, I say Domi. I mean, obviously he was never finished, but I mean, I never expected him to put anywhere close to That's seventy-two a, points up. I didn't even think about Domi, but it's true. I'm so I'm so used to him being a great player at this point that yeah, Domi was a huge, <laughs> huge surprise. And we we were almost we we thought it was a bad trade. 
Oh yeah, definitely. No, I thought it was a terrible trade when yeah. uh, when it first happened. Like most people, yeah, no, definitely. To be fair. I mean, there were there were some people that thought it would be a good trade, but yeah, I, I mean, I, out of Domi, I was expecting like fifty points, maybe. It, yeah, like, exactly. On the high end, fifty points, like uh, like basically high end would have been like what we got out of Drouin. Like, 50 points, but, like, yeah. how, where did he get those 50 points? Yeah, exactly. But instead, we got, like, a more skilled Gallagher. Like, where the fuck did that come from? No, no, no <laughs> you know, definitely. It's like, crazy. It, it, yeah. Like, it's... never never, never would have expected that out of Domi. I mean, and to and to jump into the role of the first-line center the way he did. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I thought yeah, I thought it was going to be, like, another Drouin. You know, he was going to be terrible defensively. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And, like, as a Habs fan, there's, there's, there's often, like, there, there's a big difference between playing for a team like the Coyotes uh, and playing for a team like the Canadians. And some players perform better in those environments where they're not really paid attention to, the yeah. low pressure and all that. And some players can't perform in those environments and, and they thrive with the pressure and the crowd going crazy. And Domi is a perfect example. Yeah. Of, like like Gallagher, He's these are guys that just perform with like the crowd. He, they feed into the crowd and they just... It just brought his game to a whole other level, and you can tell he loves being a Montreal Canadian. And I fucking love having him as a Montreal Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do now, for sure. Which is weird saying that we love having That's true. Ty Domi's Domi. kid as on, on the Canadians. <laughs> I mean, some of the names I had, I mean, a late-season surprise was Jordan Wheel. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that too, but yeah, I mean, he played like 13 games. Or he something. might not even re-sign. He might just end his career with the Canadians having played 16 games total. I mean, 10 points in 16 games. I mean, that was pretty good for fourth it, line center. Exactly, exactly. But it's it, it'll be like a blip on the the Habs radar in the long run if he doesn't re-sign, especially since we're going to make the playoffs. Um, I had Mete there too as a as a as a bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely a surprise too. I mean, the way especially the way that he turned around. But I think my two biggest surprises are, I mean, I, th- I thought Tatar was going to bounce back, but, like, he didn't just bounce back. He looked really good. Second point getter on the team, on the most consistent line the whole season. But I think my top surprise is Andrew Shaw. Yeah, he definitely did have a bounce back season. I, I thought he was done. I thought his injuries had taken a toll. Yeah. I thought we were stuck with this bad contract. Mm-hmm. And then he started the year horribly really yeah he was on the fourth line taking bad penalties he looked he looked out of place he looked frustrated and then he got 47 points in 63 games 19 goals i mean that's like a 25 goals in a in the full season pace he was he was fantastic he's he was exactly what you want out of andrew Shaw. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you said, I mean, he started off so badly, and then him again, like Mete, turned it around yeah. and, and you know had a had a great end to the season. And a big reason why I think the the the, the, the Habs bounced back is those players specifically. Not that yeah. not that they bounced, but but like the the season that they had is that we've named so many players that had good years and. Well, I mean, how many Canadians had career years this year? So that's I mean, crazy. But know. the argument there, and this was mentioned a lot on Twitter, is if they could barely couldn't yeah. even squeak into the playoffs with all these players having career years probably won't be getting career years next year but the thing is is like we're getting career years like it's like we're getting a career year from Max Domi at 23 years old well, it's but the ex- that's, yeah. is that a, is that a that's a breakout year yeah yeah it's a lot of young guys you know, that are exactly, going to be a year exactly, older exactly. another year in the system another exactly. year together Kutkinyemi should only get better you know yeah, exactly and we we have like we didn't even talk about like a guy like Paul Byron we haven't mentioned him uh, at all, he had a solid season. He just had a Paul Byron season. Yeah, 
You know, I mean, they just had exactly what you want from him, but it was still great. It was sucked to see him go down at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he had a couple of injuries. I mean, he had the concussion, he had the shoulder injury yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So. Only, only played 56 games. and He makes a big difference when he's on the ice. Like, his speed really makes it different. But, like, I think other players stood out more than he did, I think, is why he we didn't talk about it too much. Armia, I liked, but kind of like, eh. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I could agree there. And then another one who's, like, kind of like... Don't know what to think about it is Lekkinen, because he had a fantastic. He turned into a great defense defensive forward, yeah. one of one of our, one of our best penalty killers, along with Danu. But yeah, like offensively, get, so inconsistent. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't, uh, I, th- I don't think you can bad. expect him to. Because I mean, I think the first year that he was in this in the, in the NHL, I think he had 18 goals. So I think a lot of people were. He looked like a sniper. Yeah, I mean, a lot of. I mean, he has a pretty good shot, but a lot of people were expecting. Oh man, we got this young guy. He's gonna, you know, 30 goal scores. I think he was 21. He came in and scored 18 goals yeah. his first season. You know what I think Lekkinen's gonna do, and I and I hope it doesn't. I, I hope what happens is that he has this season with the Canadians, and then he ends up signing somewhere else. But he seems like the type of player that's gonna have one crazy year. He's gonna have one year where everything falls into place. His shooting percentage is like some crazy, like thirty percent, and he scores like thirty goals, like thirty-five goals, like some something insane. But then it's by far at the end of his career his best career, and then he ends up signing like a huge contract after that season, and he turns into the one of the worst contracts in the NHL because he like he has those moments where he has the opportunities and he just can't put it in the net, and he just he has he even gets bad bounces, he gets a post, blah blah blah. blah. But like he, I can see him getting a year where just everything is falling into place for him, but then it just falls right back down yeah, afterwards. But, he, but he's like a perfect third line player. Cause, I mean, he's so good defensively, yeah. great on the PK. I mean, obviously Julien loves him. Yeah. So I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, hopefully, I mean, he's still young too. I think he's twenty four. Twenty three. Yeah. 23, That's the thing. Like even so, the whole team is so freaking young, man. Like he's just, he's a great defensive guy that that can he can score. Yeah. I mean, this year he had a lot of chances to score, and he wasn't wasn't able to put it away a lot of the time. But well, how many goals did he have this season? Like well, eleven, which eleven, thirteen was last year. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah. so he, many he's... good young young forwards on the on the Canadians. We just meet those young defensemen. Like we have Mete, but like we need like that kind of like the higher level. Like that, what? Like I know Alex Edler. That yeah. That's, <laughs> that. So, like, I know, like, so we talked about the way how disappointing he was. And I know Sergeyev hasn't been amazing in Tampa Bay. But isn't Sergeyev exactly what we need on this team right now? He's, he's so bad defensively. I mean, he's just playing on a really good team. I but, think but if he, he was on the Canadians, he wouldn't he wouldn't be that, that good. But I, I don't know. Is he is he that bad? Def- or is he just a young defenseman that makes mistakes here and there? Cause, he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I mean, so does Dwayne. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, at the t- I would still do the trade. At the time, the Canadians made the trade; it made sense. But now that we have guys like Max Domi, we have Kotkaniemi, you know, like we we have those young offensive pieces. Now we're talking about moving a young offensive piece for a defenseman. Well, yeah, that's true. But no, I'd, I I would still take Drouin ahead of Sergachev. Hey, you've always been a Sergachev hater, though. To be fair, I have. I have yeah. been. <laughs> All right, so that was it for the first uh, edition of the. The Habs uh, Awards. The Habs See? Forum Awards. Habs Forums Awards. That's First a good annual. One. First annual <laughs> Habs Forums Awards. Uh, so, all right, let's move on to uh, to the the, the, the drafts uh, players we said we talked about. So, 
Uh, Ham's picking 15th. Like I, I said at the beginning, worst case scenario, because basically that means that you just missed the playoffs and you didn't get lucky at the at the draft table. Yeah. So today we're talking about Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, Amazing, amazing player. He's five foot seven. Uh, I mean, so obviously very small guy. If if he was three, four inches taller, he would be a top three pick. Maybe the first overall. Pick. I mean, some say if I was three, four inches taller, I'd be a top three pick. I don't, I doubt that very much. But I'm not. So who cares? <laughs> but no, he's uh, he's got amazing talent. He's an incredible score. I mean, the last year he scored 54 goals as a 16, 17 year old. The record for the uh, for the uh, national team is 55 by Austin Matthews, so he's one goal he's pretty off. Pretty good. This year he put up 70 goals, so okay. he destroyed the record. Okay. Um, he sort of looked like he was going to fall into the Canadians. Well, looking range. at the rankings, he's right around there, because I mean TSN's got him 18th, Elite Prospects 13th. Yeah, he's, he's he's eighth by Central Scouting, but that's just North American skaters. Yeah, but he's in the U18s right now. Well, there's the U18 tournament going on right now. He has 11 goals in four games. Um, and he's been Lots just tearing it up. So, so you think he's he, he's going? He's going to be top ten. You think he's going to be top ten at this point? point? So then, why are we talking about him, Dustin? Well, I mean, you a lot of a lot of people are talking about him on Twitter. Yeah. He, I mean, people voted for him. Yeah, but even though he's top ten, I could see a lot of GMs still like. He could be like one of those guys because of his size. Yeah, that a team is know. hesitating. Every team is hesitating between him and some other guy, and they end up going with the other guy because they don't like his size. So you you, you see guys like him drop. Yeah, all but the it, time. it takes one team to, to take him, right? No, uh, true, I mean, true. One, but just one one guy. But guys like that drop all the time, like for sure. Well, I mean, well, especially with the year that uh, Alex DeBrinket had with the Blackhawks, I think he's he's roughly the same size. He's five seven or five eight. Scored forty goals. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, that definitely helped. Caulfield's uh, chances of maybe getting uh, getting a top five, maybe top five pick, probably not, but top ten definitely. I would I would say. Well, then if we're talking about players that we have a better <laughs> chance of drafting, I was looking at some mock drafts. Now that the first fifteen picks are set, and I mean the the big one a lot of people look at is TSN Craig Button, and he mentioned Raphael Lavoie. I kind of feel like a lot of analysts in English Canada. Get lazy with the Habs yeah, and just pick the like top French Canadian in that range for such them. A lazy thing to all do. the time. It always is. All the time. It's it's so annoying. Anyway, is he is he not? Because I know you were saying before. Apparently, he has got some drama around him with his dad. Being yeah, some, I forget exactly what it is. Yeah, but his his dad's a politician in uh, Chambly, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, he was. I, f- I forget exactly what he did. Like stole some money from the city or some something like that. So I mean, I, I don't think the Canadians are going to want to jump onto that sort of sort of drama. Because that's one of those things. I don't I, like. I'm trying to find some info, and I can't find anything right now. But that's one of those things that, like, if that's like like some drama that's happening in like Calgary, I won't care if the Canadians draft the guy. But you don't draft the guy that is. Yeah, exactly. Your local guy, if there's this like off ice drama happening, I mean, especially unless unless he's like an elite elite guy, but if he's just a guy that's like in the 15 range, that there's other similar guys around yeah. him. Yeah, hey, I, I mean, I find him a little bit overrated too. I mean, he's playing on a really good team. Okay, um, I mean, he's got he's got good size, but I mean, the Canadians could definitely do a lot better at 15 than than Lavois. All right, so some some other another very lazy mock draft pick for the Canadians is Suzuki's brother. 
I mean, we've already talked about him. I mean, he is in that range, but it's it's an easy narrative for people to go for. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think he's more of like a top 20 guy. I, I, again, I think the Canadians can do a lot better at 15. <clears throat> I mean, I think, you know, there could be some really good guys that fall to the Canadians at 15. But yeah, Suzuki, I mean, yeah, he's very good, but I don't know. He's, he's a... He's okay as a center, but I don't know. He's, he doesn't. I don't. I'm not that excited about. Him. All right, and now another one. And I've done very little research on these prospects, but he's come up in two mock drafts, and he has a fantastic name. So right away, I love him, Philip Broberg, and I love that. I just want to get a Broberg jersey right now. He's got a great name. Yeah, I'm six uh, three left D. That's exactly what we need. That's true. Yes, he's. Uh, yeah, he definitely has a great name. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely the one that does all the research on the prospects. Um, okay, okay. I made that point. You don't have to make it again. <laughs> but yeah, Broberg. Well, he's he is. I mean, he's all all over the place. So I mean, he has so much potential. He has the potential to be a top two guy, but yeah, high he, risk, high reward. Basically, yeah, he's he's gonna be a boomer bust. I mean, he, yeah. So, I mean, people have him like in the top ten. Some people have him in the second round. Like he's really all over the place because he does show those flashes. He has a lot of potential. I mean, he obviously has the size as well. He fits what the Canadians are looking for, a big left-handed defenseman who, who can put up some points as well. But again, I mean, uh, defensively... I'm, I'm reading some quotes that people have to say about him, and he sounds pretty good to me. He makes a lot of mistakes defensively. Yeah. Uh, didn't have a great season. But, uh, I mean, if he ever does fall to the second round, which I don't think he, do, he does, he'll probably end up going like the mid-20s. But uh, that would be a hell of a pick for the Canadians in the second round. I don't think he ends up going 15th. All right, all right, fair enough. Then, um, all right, well, we're probably going to do another podcast where we'll go more in depth. Probably maybe do our own little mock draft yeah. by we, I mean Dustin will, yeah. and then we'll be able to <laughs> to talk about the players that are in the range where the Canadians uh, might pick them. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it uh, for today. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but it's worth mentioning that Foley and Thompson. Uh, re-signed with the Canadians. I mean, I think we're both happy with those good depth guys to add to the yeah, team. Yeah, definitely. Sort of yeah. like an insurance policy. Like, Foley's an insurance policy for Juleson. We'll see what happens with Juleson if he if he's injured, yeah. if he's 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, same thing with Thompson. Is Paling going to make the team or not? You know, At $1 million a year, it's a great... Worst yeah, case, sure. is a thir- 13th forward. Exactly. You can play center, good at face-offs and all that. You know, so, no, perfect. Worst case, he sucks. Send him to the AHL. Cost you nothing. Who cares? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, and uh, the, the next one on the line is, is, is Jordan Wheel. He's a UFA. We have a couple other RFAs, but uh, I'd like to get Jordan Wheel back. Hopefully that happens. But then you look at the players, that there's, a, there's almost a logjam at this point. Yeah, uh, well, I think Jordan Wheel is a guy that, I mean, the Canadians should re-sign based on what he did, yeah. 16 games, 10 points. I mean, I think for Jordan Wheel, I mean, the chances that he got with the Canadians, it should be a no-brainer for him either to sign, re-sign with the Canadians. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously cover these things uh, when they happen. Uh, we'll, we'll probably do uh, maybe, because we did this one after the first round, maybe we'll do another episode after the second round, but we're, we're planning on doing some uh, some previews, some more focus on the draft, maybe going more in-depth even on later possibilities. I mean, let us know on Twitter if there's any guys you want us to talk about, and not just in the first round. We'll cover the first round, obviously, but that's what gets covered a lot. But what are the guys maybe from the, the second round 
later that could because we've had I mean Brendan Gallagher we picked in the fourth round we, we, we've had some of the great Canadians in, in recent years yeah, were, were late round picks fifth round. fifth round well there you go even better even better even better so <laughs> so we'll talk about that soon but before definitely the, what, leading up to the draft we'll be talking about it which is further down the road and then when UFA season comes around and uh, yeah that's pretty much it anything else you wanted to cover no that pretty much covers it so, uh, so like this episode follow us on Twitter uh, write, write to us. Tell us what you want us uh, want to hear us talk about, and what prospects you'd like to hear us talk about. That's it. That's it. <laughs>